0: Thanks for in. The Sports Talk. Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 73rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are. However you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Special shout out, by the way, to everybody who's tuning in via WJCU, the John Carroll radio station, 7 a.m. in the morning. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual. Going to have a great podcast with my guy, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Quarter Podcast. And we are going to talk about everything NFL and college football. Prep for these college football semifinals that will be going on during uh, New Year's on Friday. And also the NFL, which is going to be heavy on Sunday. Uh, Talk about some bowl matchups that I believe will be going on on Saturday as well. And we're going to preview the NFL. Now, before we get to all that, I'm going to give my shameless plug. First-time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Also, I'm also going to tell you this. Check on the description below, and there's going to be timestamps. And specifically on Spotify, if you click on that timestamp, it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you want to listen to. It is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter, at Night Train underscore Lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane, you will find it. I post 35-minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. And lastly, if you have iTunes or Apple, then give me five stars and a great review for some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't worry, folks. Just don't say anything, because you know what your mama told you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all and cut up next out of the break on barbershop sports talk on app ben karen on host the sports wilder podcast cut up next out of the break on barbershop sports talk Barbershop Sports Talk and We have a father, a husband, a school psychologist, Facebook group master, a son, an AM Aggie, a former resident of Vermont, a current resident of Arizona, a fan of Super Bowls and rings. He loves championships, folks. And host of the Sports Weather Podcast, Ben Karen, how you doing? I'm great tonight, Daryl. Wow,
1: what an entrance tonight. What an introduction. I appreciate that.
0: And Granger when he gets older. And the version of Granger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> official baby of the
0: podcast. Yes, definitely the official baby of the podcast. So, sad news happened a couple days ago. John Madden passes away. I just want to know your thoughts and how you'll remember John Madden's legacy. Well...
1: Obviously it's tragic news. I think it's tragic news for anybody that loves the game of football. Uh, when I think about John Madden, I think about one of the most um, enthusiastic people um, in, in kind of the world of, of football as we know it in this country. Um, a person that just had a, um, a personality that a lot of people were able to kind of gravitate towards. Um, even for me, Daryl, as a kid, uh, John Madden definitely, I would say, increased my love for the uh, the game of football. I know I had uh, one of the early John Madden football games. I think it was like, you know, John Madden 1995 or something like that uh, for Sega Genesis. Um, you know, and it, <laughs> it had a very, like, lifelike character of John Madden kind of commentating. Um, he is in Little Giants, which is um, a movie I, I liked a lot as a kid. Um You know, he's obviously uh, in the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, Super Bowl winning coach with the Oakland Raiders, one of the first people I think about when I think about the Raiders. So very, very sad news uh, to hear that he's gone. He's with us a long time, Um, but nonetheless, um, he's going to be missed by myself, and I'm certain that a lot of other sports fans are going to miss him as well.
0: Did you know know John Madden played in the NFL? He was drafted.
1: I did read that somewhere, although I'm not sure what team he played for. Eagles. Okay, Eagles. Ow.
0: Do you remember John Madden more for the video games, the coaching, or the broadcasting?
1: I would say, uh, first and foremost, the broadcasting, because that's where I'd see him the most, and then probably the video games. Uh, he had won the Super Bowl with the Raiders, and he had done coaching before I was born.
0: Where does he rank in terms of broadcasters for you in terms of just color commentator guys, guys in the booth? Because I think now guys talk about like guys like Romo, and they're like, oh, Romo's so good. But John Madden was kind of special. He was like one of the original guys like him and Cosell. Yeah,
1: I think John Madden for me has to be the top guy of all time.
0: Really, would you even have it close? Would it be close for you? Or no?
1: Well, um, the only other guy I can think of that's close with him as far as that goes is John Gruden. Um,
0: So Howard Cosell wouldn't be in there?
1: uh, Not in my top two, no. Maybe in my top five, yes.
0: So now I want to go to this... uh, Aaron Rodgers just stated on the Pat McAfee show, he said he won't rule out retirement after this season. Do you think there's any chance Aaron could be gone after this year?
1: Uh, yeah, I think there's a small chance. I think with Aaron Rodgers, um, he's just a guy that's kind of impossible to predict what he's going to do next. Darryl. Um I do not think he's the kind of guy that wants to stay around in the NFL long enough to deteriorate before the fans' eyes. And I think that's something that's probably a bigger concern to him than it is uh, you know, likes of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Brett Favre and other great quarterbacks. Um, but with that being said, I'd still give the retirement a pretty small chance. I'd say maybe 15%.
0: Is it possible that he's saying he's going to retire to have leverage against the Packers for this offseason?
1: I think anything is possible, but honestly, Darryl, I think at this point in time, I think he just wants options. I think he's the person that, that just wants that maximum flexibility all the time. I do think he wants what he wants from the Packers, uh, but at the same point in time, I think there's a there's a good chance he might go to Denver or he might go to Pittsburgh. Uh, and and finish his career there.
0: Do you think it's good for him to leave Green Bay, though? Because I'm not convinced that that's the move.
1: Well, uh, at this point in time, I'm not convinced either. That's a really good question. I think um, if I was forced to make a decision, I think I would recommend Pittsburgh to him. The thing with Green Bay, Daryl, is... I think as long as Rodgers is there, we're kind of, you know, looking at, um, you know, a a situation maybe similar to how KD felt about the Warriors. I know it's a little bit different because Rodgers actually got drafted to the Packers. But nonetheless, I mean, I just don't think he's ever going to be as beloved in Green Bay as Brett Favre is.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. Well... Just my opinion. I think I think Brett
1: Favre is a more likable figure. I think he's a person that a lot of uh, a lot of people can connect with, um, see similarities between themselves and Favre. Um, Rogers a little bit more of a Hollywood star kind of guy, um, but I think I think Pittsburgh would be a great fit for him, and I think that's something he might be interested in.
0: As beloved, I mean, I would say Aaron Rodgers is like one of the top five most beloved Packers ever, though.
1: Probably, but I don't think he's ever going to have that top spot.
0: I mean, but why do you need the top spot? I mean, if he's the most beloved person on the team now, why does it matter? Brett Favre doesn't play anymore. I I think Aaron has a big ego, Daryl. I don't think he's going to accept being number two. And I don't even—I mean, well, Bart Starr's in there too. Are we sure Bart Starr's not ahead of Brett Favre? I think Favre is in the top spot. <laughs> Ben's not hearing it, so you're not. Uh, what about and what about Lombardi? Well, I mean, these guys are like legends, man. But most people,
1: you know, alive today that are fans didn't even get to watch him play. So, our coach in Lombardi's case,
0: I think that I think it's best for Aaron, and it's it's best for the long-term health of his career to stay in Green Bay. I think there's I no think reason why he sure should have to leave. Wins the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, there's a lot of teams he has to get through out in the NFC. Uh, Tom Brady is not slowing down. The Bucks are still stacked. Dallas is looking good. Uh, the Rams are the Rams and the Cardinals out west are looking good. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that they need to compete against.
0: I think he should stay. Him and Matt Lafleur, they have a great quarterback coach connection. A great. Play caller coach connection, which I think is extremely rare to find. I don't know if he's gonna find that anywhere else he goes. Uh, so that's I one. In Pittsburgh. Who, who the The offensive. The offensive scheme in Pittsburgh's been awful for years, though. With Matt Canada, it's been awful. Have you not seen what's been going on with Big Ben? Uh, and, and look,
1: Daryl, Daryl, Big Ben has passed his prime. Uh, you know, and and I believe you know, and I'm. Probably jumping ahead here, but I believe this this upcoming weekend's game is going to be his last home game of his career.
0: Oh, I a thousand percent agree with you. Uh, yeah, Big Ben is shot. But what I'm saying is, the offense schematics in Pittsburgh are not nowhere close to what's going on in Green Bay. But they're winning i mean you know pittsburgh
1: is in the hunt right now and and i you know mike tomlin is an excellent coach daryl
0: i agree i'm talking about the play caller quarterback relationship specifically mike tomlin is not going to be the one calling the offensive plays and and that might be but the the pittsburgh steelers Daryl, are a very
1: competent organization uh, they will fix the problem if they get Aaron Rodgers, no doubt.
0: But I, I guess what I would ask is why wasn't it fixed when they had Big Ben? I mean, the, the Pittsburgh offense hasn't been like really relevant in years. Since... Well, I think Roethlisberger has been on the
1: decline for years. And you know I, I think they're kind of limited scheme-wise with what they can do with him at this point.
0: I mean, I mean, there's been games here where they've decided to throw it like 40 times, which I don't understand why they do that. I don't think they're very creative in what they do uh, like they are in Green Bay. And I have a lot of respect for Matt LaFleur. And I think Aaron actually does like Matt LaFleur. I think that's also part of it. Uh, and also Devontae Adams. There's no Devontae Adams on Pittsburgh. Juju Smith is not Devontae Adams. Uh, Deontay Johnson is not uh, Devontae Adams. Claypool is not Devontae Adams. Also, Green Bay has a much better offensive line than Pittsburgh. Now, the defense, yes. Guys like T.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, they have no T.J. Watt. Now, I agree with you on that. But in terms of life being easier on offense, his life is going to be way easier in Green Bay. Way easier. And he knows the players. Like, you have to start from scratch now. Well, we're seeing it
1: more and more, though. You know, uh, legendary quarterbacks going to different teams at the end of their career. We saw Peyton Manning have success in Denver. We saw Tom Brady have success in Tampa Bay. I think Aaron's looking around. He said, why not me?
0: But I guess my thing is the grass ain't always greener on the other side. It Don't take not. for granted what you I, have. I personally
1: think, though, the, um, the road to the Super Bowl is a little bit easier in the AFC versus the NFC.
0: And even him and Devontae. Him and Devontae probably have the most special connection in the NFL. It's like Rodgers and Devontae. I'd put Burrow and Chase up there. Like, that's something that's hard to just recapture. Like, I would argue that Aaron and Devontae have one of the most special connections in the history of the NFL. Like, that's not something that you're just going to get with another guy. And Aaron's played with great receivers like Donald Driver, uh, Greg Jennings, and he did not have that type of connection with that he has with Devontae Adams.
1: Well, I guess we'll see, Darrell. I mean, I think you and I can agree
0: anything is on the table for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I, I, I do agree. Everything is what we're on the table.
1: in Green Bay, you know. I mean, I think there's just a part of him that he likes to keep people guessing until the end.
0: Do you think Aaron likes the attention? Absolutely. Oh, Ben. You think he thrives on it? (laughs)
1: 100%.
0: Okay, so let's go to this. Ben Roethlisberger, and you kind of alluded to this. Last Monday night football game ever. Are you as happy as I am that Ben Roethlisberger's retiring, Ben? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I I don't know how happy you are about it, but I'm pretty happy to, to see it. I'm ecstatic. Less bad football to watch on TV. It's for the fans. Rodgers has been on the decline, or not Rodgers, <laughs> uh,
1: Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger has been on the decline now for, for a couple of seasons, Darryl. Um, all the guys in, that came in with him, you know, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, they're already gone. Um,
0: I kind of thought Roethlisberger might retire after last season. Yeah, um, that, that performance play against play the Browns the Plash was, was kind of embarrassing. And
1: uh, you know, I mean, I think it's just his time. I think he's kind of shot with what he can do. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy he has this last home game nationally televised. Uh, great, you know, opportunity for him uh, to go out with a bang. He has a chance to redeem himself against the Cleveland Browns, who embarrassed him last year in the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, I think things kind of add up for Roethlisberger to walk away after, after this game. And and he even alluded to, uh, Hey, all signs are pointing towards this being my last game. Uh, so I would say, you know, protect your legacy, call it, call it a career after this season, uh, and, you know, embrace it. I mean, he's had a wonderful career He won two Super Bowls, went to a third. I'm sure he's going to be a hall of famer, um, So he still still has a lot of uh, green pastures
0: out of him. So, I'm going to play some trivia with you, Ben, because I know you love my trivia questions. So, Notre Dame QBs have now lost 24 straight starts in the NFL. Do you want to guess who was the last Notre Dame QB to get a win in the NFL? And this is actually relevant because Ian e. Buck started for the Saints on Monday Night Football against the Dolphins.
1: Oh, man. Um, uh, um, there's... Let me see here. The guy's name, I believe... Well, he played for the Panthers. His name was Jimmy, I believe. Jimmy Clawson. Called. Jimmy Clausen, yes thank you I believe he is the last Notre Dame quarterback
0: to win no but that's very that's a very good guess though Ben that's a very good guess uh Brady Quinn
1: well did he win with the Browns
0: it was with I think he played with the chiefs for like a a start spot or something okay I, I, I was worried you were going to guess the Sean Kaiser. Because I, I bet I know that's one of your guys. Wait, was he one of your guys or no? No, he was not. <laughs> you didn't like the leadership?
1: Uh, I wasn't impressed with him, man. I, I don't think there's ever a point in time where I said, Sean Kaiser is going to do well in the NFL. Not knocking him, but I just, you know, I, I didn't see the potential.
0: So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Me and Ben are going to give our top five moments, sports moments of the year. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Welcome back Sports Like We still Have Ben Karen with us, hosts of the Sports Wilder podcast. So Ben, I asked you, I gave you a little homework assignment: top five sports moments of the year. Since we are going to be in 2022 soon, so Ben, I'll give you the floor first. This isn't a 20 for 20, but we can call it a five for five, like five guys. How about that? Uh number five. What do you have? All right, Daryl. Number five for me. I'm gonna. Um,
1: I'm gonna give my hometown Phoenix Suns a little bit of love. Um, number five for me is Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns make the NBA Finals um, after they beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Chris Paul kind of had a message for all the Suns fans, and he um, thanked the Clippers fans. Um, I believe little Wayne was actually there as well to congratulate him uh, And it was uh, just excellent to see as a sports fan Chris Paul 16 year NBA veteran finally gets an opportunity to play on the biggest stage uh, This is a guy that's been the president of the Players Association for a few years. He's a guy that um, well liked by a lot of lot of fans uh, and even though they, they didn't win the championship it was a um, it was just a real, real good, feel-good real moment, I think, for a lot of fans, even people that weren't necessarily Suns fans.
0: So, Ben, I know you're going to love this pick. You're probably going to hate it. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats making the playoffs. I thought it was a magnificent moment because, you know, Ben, I rep for the little guys. I have a lot of respect for the little guys. And I've told you this before, Ben, and I really mean this. It's a shame that you can be in a body, and the body is Division One football, FBS-level football, and you have no shot of winning a national championship. Cincinnati was given that chance. Those kids were given that chance, and they earned it. They beat team, They beat a team ranked ahead of them. They went undefeated, and I am happy for all of them. So, it gave me a lot of enjoyment as a sports fan. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, my heart goes out to them. They're about to take that butt-kicking tomorrow, though. Hey, it's still an experience of a lifetime. They can always say they played in a college football semi. That's something you can (laughs) tell your grandkids about.
1: (laughs) I guess if you're looking at it that way, that's kind of true.
0: So, who do you have at four?
1: Um, For me, um, I'm I'm going to um, go back to the Olympics here, Daryl. Biggest moment of the Olympics for me, I think, was um, USA women's basketball. They beat Japan. Um, And and Daryl, you know, I think this is probably going to be the last time that that we see the likes of Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, two legends uh, in the WNBA, uh, play in the Olympics. Uh, just a really, um, really great uh, moment that they had afterwards. Really great press conference. Um, really, you know, uh, gave the fans, I guess, one last opportunity to really appreciate them and all they've done for the game. I think this was like their, their fifth or sixth gold medal uh, for each of them. So uh, they've been um, in control of, of the um, women's basketball uh, for a long, long time.
0: So, for me, I'm going to go with Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul Boxing. Uh, This was a great moment for me because anytime you get a chance to watch greatness, which Floyd Mayweather is greatness personified, obviously 50-0, it's always a pleasure. And I didn't think we'd have another moment to see Floyd fight. We haven't seen him fight since 2017, I believe, when he fought Conor McGregor. So just to see Floyd out in the ring, see him do his thing... Uh, and also to see a guy in Logan Paul acquit himself pretty well, I, I think, uh, against Floyd. It was really fun and exciting to watch. Not the most high-level boxing, but uh, something that I can definitely appreciate as a sports fan. That's a good pick. So who do you have a number three?
1: Uh number three for me, I am going to go uh, with something that just happened here recently. Uh, and that would be Steph Curry reaching 3,000. 000- made three pointers here uh in the nba regular season um steph curry you've referred to daryl he's the face of the nba Uh, i agree with you i think that he has changed the game of basketball i know that's something we agree on uh and what just a, a real heartwarming magnificent moment doing it in new york in the Mecca basketball for him to reach that milestone. And he's only thirty three years old, Daryl. I think he's gonna play at a pretty high level here for another five years. Uh so I think we might see him make four thousand.
0: Oh. Yeah I mean he, he might be able to. Steph obviously that's a really good one in Madison Square Garden nonetheless as well. Uh so for me and for number three, <clears throat> the Bucks beating the Suns in the NBA finals. And Giannis getting a championship, and we were just texting about this last night because you tried to say that Giannis's championship was fraudulent, which I vehemently disagree with. All championships, they're the same. They give everybody your ring. They always say in the record books, you're an NBA championship. I don't believe in asterisks when it comes to champions. This is like, I regret. It's too hard to win a championship to give any champion an asterisks. That's just what I believe in. But it was great for Giannis because you had people like Ben Karen saying, Giannis, go to Golden State. Everybody's saying, you can't win in Milwaukee. You need to leave. Not only did he not leave, he doubled down. He signed an extension to begin that year. Ended up bringing a championship to a city that has not won since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was playing. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, folks, is 70 years old. The last time Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was playing was a long time ago. I think it was
1: 1971.
0: Yes, I wasn't born. And I don't think Ben was either. Right, Ben? You might have been born. not
1: born,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, Ben wasn't born. Uh, so Giannis did that. And it's special for Milwaukee and that community. And I think it's special for the NBA to show that it's not all about super teams. You can do it, quote-unquote, the right way. Homegrown star. He wasn't very good when he first came to the league. He developed. He got better. They drafted these guys. Chris Middleton. They made trades. Get a Drew Holiday. So I think that was a very special moment for Giannis and the NBA. Yeah, I mean, and let's certainly not leave
1: out Chris Middleton. He was a a major component of that uh, championship team. Uh, and, and, and and what about Mike Booshow as well, uh their coach.
0: Yeah, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, that um and I will say as you Giannis did prove me wrong, Daryl. Um you so tip of the cap to him for that. That was pretty big time.
0: So what do you have at number two?
1: At number two, Daryl, I am gonna go with um what, what I believe was the best game of the college football season and that would be Alabama going to Kyle Field in a night game in the Texas A&M Aggies, their own, my Aggies, with Jimbo Fisher who, who talked about beating Nick Saban before the season started, going in there and actually getting it done and doing so with a second string quarterback. In Zach Calzada. Daryl, I still don't know how the Aggies pulled it off. It was one of the most improbable wins I think I've ever seen in sports, period. Nobody, including myself, gave Texas a and any chance of winning that game. And they proved everybody wrong. And I know everybody that wasn't an Alabama fan all over the country loved it.
0: So for me, and that's a good one, actually, for me, and Ben, I, I was telling you, I had faith. I had faith. You had no faith, Ben. I do want to remind you that. So for me at number two, I'm going to go with another NBA one. Kevin Durant playing out of his mind versus the Bucks in the conference uh, semifinals. When Kevin Durant dropped, like what? He had one game where he was like 50-10-10 or something crazy like that, one of those games. Talk about watching a show. Like, not to use a I hate using references, but a Star Wars reference, you're talking about like a Jedi Knight Master in the prime and the peak of his power just going to work on people. Giannis, Giannis had no clue what was going on. Giannis was at the press conferences just like, man, that's the best player in the world. I don't even know what to do about that. In the middle of the series. Kyrie Irving goes down, Harden goes down, it does not matter. Kevin Durant, after having catastrophic injury, is playing the whole entire game. He's doing it on both ends of the court, offensively, defensively. He's rebounding, he's assisting, he's literally doing everything. He's shooting on extreme efficiency. I think he was 16 for 23 from the field one of those games. Making just crazy contested shot after contested shot. And it's not that Giannis, Chris Middleton, P.J. Tucker, these guys aren't playing great defense on him. It's just that he was playing at such a high level, it did not matter. It was like, all you can do is tip your hat off and say, you're better than me, buddy. That's just too good. And that's what we got yeah, a chance to watch. And we also got to watch, that Bucks nets series is one of the best series I've ever seen. Back and forth, even to the drama at the end with Kevin Durant. Was it a three-point shot or was it not a three-point shot? Kevin Durant almost sent them home. Yes, he did. So that's number two for me. So, yeah, Ben. That is, a, that is a great pick, Daryl. That was a, a great series. I would agree 100% with you. So, who do you have next, Ben?
1: All right, man. Number one for me, I think it was clear head and shoulders above the rest. And to be honest with you, Daryl, it didn't even happen on a field or a court. It actually happened on a yacht. Because Tom Brady Daryl did something that nobody else has ever done. He actually took up a party trophy and threw it from one yacht onto another. And that, girl, that is trust with Cameron Braid as your tight end, uh, that he's not going to drop that trophy and it's going to end up in the water. Um, that is extreme confidence. That's extreme alpha. Um, I thought that's more of the least one than Tom Brady coming into Tampa and winning the Super Bowl. Uh, and It's just a kind of an iconic moment, I think, that's going to that's live for a very, very
0: long time. Well, Ben, Tom Brady was hammered, so I'm sure he wasn't thinking about the repercussions as if uh, if it dropped in the water. <laughs> well, it, it became the, the greatest uh, sports moment of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it came with him being intoxicated. <laughs> oh, that's great. Tom Brady deserves it, though. The guy won't have a beer in the, during the season. So for me, uh, surprise, surprise... The Buffalo Bills beating the Baltimore Ravens and playing in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, doing something that has not been done since the Jim Kelly K-Gun days. I was super excited. I got a chance to be in playoff mode for three straight weeks during the NFL postseason. I've never been able to say that in my entire life as a Bills fan. Hopefully, this year, I can be on playoff mode for five straight weeks, so I can be in playoff mode for the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. But being in playoff mode, the wild Card weekend, the divisional round, and the AFC Championship game, that was an exhilarating experience for me, Ben. I know it was, man. I remember talking to you
1: about that. You're like, oh, I want to see Kansas City, um, you know, it's, it's exciting for me as, um, is a longtime friend of yours, you're doing this podcast to so see you have the opportunity to root for your team in the postseason.
0: Yeah, it was like, I want to see Kansas City's like like, uh, you know, you, you want to see somebody until, like, Michael Myers comes up and is like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, oh, maybe I didn't want to see him. Maybe I didn't want to see him. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then cut them next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to do our NFL predictions for week 17. Cut them next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. oh back with Barbara Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Karen with us. So Ben. First I have to ask you this. How shameful was it for what the Texans did to the Chargers?
1: Um I'm not worried about it that much to be honest with you. Uh <laughs> Chargers were missing a lot of key players, Daryl, and I don't think that ever would have happened if they were even close to having uh, their, their players out there. Now, I'm still surprised they beat them by such a wide margin, uh, but at some point in time with, with the uh, coronavirus out there and whatnot, I mean, you're just going to end up getting short-staffed short uh, in some of these games, and I believe that's what happened to Los Angeles Chargers.
0: So okay, let's start with the picks. Philadelphia at Washington. Ben, who you got? I'm gonna go with Philadelphia here. They've they've been
1: hot, and I think that uh, Jalen Hurts continues to find a way to win, uh, and probably catapult them into the playoffs.
0: I'm gonna go with the Eagles as well. I'm gonna say twenty-two to nineteen. Uh, Eagles have one of the best rushing attacks in all of football. It's kind of very Tebow-esque the way Philly's doing it, and I think actually Hurts is a good comp to Tebow. They remind me, except that I think Hurts is a better athlete and has a better arm than Tebow, but their similar style, and I think how it impacts the running game, I think, is actually uh, very unique. Uh, and their leadership qualities, how people respect them, I think is similar as well. I do have to ask you this about Washington. The dorn paying Jared Allen incident, have you seen that?
1: I have... No.
0: So I guess Jared Allen tried to knock out Doran Payne during the Cowboys game.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm gonna have to look that up, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. We'll wait till Ben looks that up, and then maybe we'll talk about that. Okay. But I'm gonna go to the next game. L.A. Rams at Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is still banged up. Uh, what do you see going on in this game, Ben? Well, I think
1: Lamar is gonna start the game. Uh, but I just don't think they're going to be a match for the Rams. I think the Rams are healthier. I, I think the Rams come in here. They beat, beat up on the Ravens a little bit. I'm going to say Rams uh, 24, Ravens 14.
0: I'm going to go Rams 28 to the Ravens 22. Uh, <clears throat> I think the Rams should be smelling blood in the water. They're trying to win a division title. The Ravens, they're going downhill. Uh, They near searching for answers, and Lamar's banged up. And when your game is predicated on speed, juking, athleticism, twitchiness, having lower leg extremity injuries is not the move. So I'm going with the Rams. Next, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Jets. Any chance that the Jets can get some revenge on Brady for all those years he tormented them in the AFC East?
1: No chance. No chance. Top to bottom, I think Buccaneers are a better team, even with some of their injuries. Um, I think this is going to be closer than people think, but I like Tampa Bay here, 27-23 uh 23 over the Jets.
0: I'm going to go with Tampa, 40 to the Jets, 17. going to be a long day for Zach Wilson. It's hard to run the ball against Tampa Bay. Uh, then it's going to force him into more throwing situations. Zach hasn't been the best decision maker. and Then Brady. He doesn't make mistakes, and they capitalize, so I'm going with the Buccaneers big. Next, we have the Miami Dolphins at the Tennessee Titans. The Miami Dolphins have the longest win streak in the NFL. They've won like eight games in a row, and they're in the playoff picture right now. Who do you see winning?
1: I think this is the Titans' uh, time to shine, Daryl. I like what I've been seeing with A.J. Brown starting to emerge for them in that receiving game. I think Titans are, are a physical team. Um... I see them winning this weekend and hopefully um, beginning to lock up that division. I'll go Titans
0: 23, Miami 17. I think it's going to be close most of the way. I'm actually going to go with the Dolphins 17-16. to 16. The Titans did not play well against the 49ers. They should have lost that, but they ended up finding a way to win that. And Miami's on a roll right now. And I think they're recognizing they need this to stay in the playoff hunt. So I'm going with the Dolphins here. Next we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New England Patriots.
1: Oh Patriots all day here Daryl. Uh, <laughs> we know we know what happens when rookie quarterbacks play Bill Belichick defenses uh, and the result is not good. I like Patriots here <laughs> 33 to three over the Jaguars.
0: I'm gonna go New England and I'll say 24 to the Jaguars six. Dominant controlling win for New England and Co. Uh, next we have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Um,
1: I like the Colts here. I think the Colts are are, are going to um, use Jonathan Taylor quite a bit. Um, I think they're going to lean on that running game and the physicality. Uh, and I think they beat the Raiders uh, thirty to twenty. <laughs>
0: I'm going to go with the Colts as well, and I'm going to say they win 24 to the Raiders, 23. Jonathan Taylor's going to have a big day on the ground. Next, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Good day, Daryl. I think Cincinnati's going to surprise a lot of
1: people and win this game. Chiefs played on the road last weekend. They're on the road again this weekend. I think that's hard. being big home game for the Bengals um, I, I think that this is going to be the game where we're like okay, Joe Burrow has arrived uh, officially if we didn't get the memo last weekend I think it's a shootout um, but I like the Bengals here 37-35 I think they find a way to hold off the Chiefs
0: well Ben if you had to ask me I would have told you Joe Burrow arrived like months ago uh, I was telling you last year to do the special uh I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, Their defense has been playing very well the second half of the season. The Bengals off the line is still suspect. I think that's going to be an issue. Also, as great as Burrow is, he has a propensity to turn the football over. That does happen. I don't think that's good. when playing against the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, 34 to the Bengals, 24, 10-point margin of victory. Next, we have the New York football giants at the Chicago Bears. Ben, who you got?
1: I'm going to go with the Giants on the road here, Daryl. This kind of goes against logic, but I think the Giants find a way here. 23-20 over the Bears. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think he has a big game.
0: I'm going to go with the Bears. 17 to the Giants. 10. Next, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Buffalo Bills. Who you got? I'm tell you what you want to hear, Daryl. Buffalo
1: is is, going to roll over the Falcons here. I don't think this is going to be especially close. I don't think it's a game for the fans. I'll pick Buffalo 38, Atlanta 17. Uh, I think just from start to finish, you're going to know who the better team is when they're done playing.
0: I'm going to go Buffalo 28 to Atlanta's 14. Uh, Just a physical, more physical football team tougher football team. I think it's going to be a living hell for Matt Ryan, Uh, and I think Josh Allen's going to make special plays since he's a very special player. Next, we have the Houston Texans at the San Francisco 49ers. Can the Texans pull off another upset?
1: They're not going to do anything this weekend against the 49ers, Daryl. 49ers are going to win this one. I think they're a more physical team. They have a lot more talent. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Davis Mills most of the day. I'll
0: go uh, 49ers, a 30, Texans, 17. I'm going to go with the 49ers as well, and I'm going to say they win 15 to Houston's three. think this is going to be lower scoring, a little bit of a weird game, uh, but San Francisco's just better. Next, we have the Denver Broncos at the L.A. Chargers.
1: I like L.A. here, Darryl. Um, I think they're going to bounce back nicely here. I'm going to say L.A. beats them 35-30. to 30.
0: You know, I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm going to say they win 20 to the Broncos, 17 uh, I think Herbert's going to have to make some big plays in this game. And I'm just not sold on Denver's offense. Next, we have the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints.
1: I think the defense is going is to shut down the Panthers offensively. Uh, and I think that's going to be the, uh, the major difference. And then maybe the uh, Saints will lean on guys like Alvin Kamara offensively. Uh, Saints defense given a lot of people problems this year. I think New
0: Orleans wins a low scoring twelve to ten game. I'm gonna go with the Saints fourteen to ten. The quarterback play for the Panthers is god awful. Uh New Orleans should win this game. Next you have the Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. <clears throat> I'm
1: gonna pick Seattle to win this one. I think Seattle wins twenty eight to twenty over the Lions. Uh, Russell
0: Wilson should be the best player on the field. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to say they win 20 to the Lions, 19. This is going to be a tough nip-and-tuck football game. I know Russell Wilson might be the best player on the field, but the Lions are tough, and the Seahawks, in my opinion, they're not all that talented, so this should be a close game. Next, we have the Arizona Cardinals at... The Dallas Cowboys. Who you got, Ben?
1: I'm on with the Cowboys here, Daryl. I think Mike McCarthy is the better coach. I think he'll come up with a better game plan. And I just like the trajectory Dallas is on. Uh, they really beat up on Washington last week. I think they continue to roll here. I'm gonna go Cowboys forty, Cardinals
0: twenty four. I'm gonna go with Cowboys. Cal- really I'm gonna go with the Cowboys twenty seven to the Cardinals 10. I think there's trouble brewing with Cliff and Kyler. They just don't finish well. And Dallas is a tough physical football team. Arizona is a smaller team. I just think this is bad news bears, bad matchup for uh, the Cardinals. Next, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Who you got, Ben? Um, I'm
1: going to go with the Packers at home, Daryl. I think they win. I think it's going to be close. I'll say Packers 28, Vikings 26. Aaron Rodgers
0: makes one more play than Kirk Cousins makes. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, and I'm going to say they won 28 to the Vikings, 24. <clears throat> this should be a competitive game. I think the Vikings do have some talent, particularly on offense, for the guys like Justin Jefferson. But uh, Aaron Rodgers in this offense, I think, is just going to be a little bit too much for Minnesota. And lastly, Monday Night Football. Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's last game, do or die. Both these teams clawing for dear life in the playoff race. Who you got, Ben?
1: I got Pittsburgh, Daryl. I know Pittsburgh is the less talented team. I think this is just going to be one of those emotional kind of games for the Steelers. Roethlisberger's last home game, they find a way to send him out on top. I'll go Steelers 24, Browns 20.
0: I'm going to go with the Browns, and I'm going to say they won 27. Actually, that's too high of a score. I'm going to say they win 17 to the Steelers, 13. 17 to Steelers, 13. Steelers are going to struggle on offense. I think Cleveland's going to find a way to run the ball and just be consistent enough. And that is it for our Week 17 NFL predictions. So what me and Ben are going to do is are going to take a quick break, and then kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk some college football could up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Despite the fact that he led his high school to four straight state championship game appearances, very few high major recruiters looked at the six-foot-tall, one hundred and eighty-pounder and seven Quarterback.
1: Oh. oh.
0: We still have Ben and Karen with us. So Ben, last time you were on the podcast, you want to know what you said? What did I tell you, Darren? When I told you that the SEC was 0-2 against Cooper 5 teams, you said it would end up being 2-2. Fast forward, you want to know what happened? Houston versus Auburn, Ben? Oh man, I knew I was going to take heat for this. Ben, they're now, at best, they can be 1-3. So, again, are you ready to give some credit to some of these Cooper 5 teams? No. Are you embarrassed for the SEC? A little bit. <laughs> are they making you look bad?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So, 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 what's your synopsis about what's going on right now?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, Daryl, that you should bring this up because... You know, I, I was I was kind of having, like, this moment the other night where I started thinking about this, too, because I know I talked a big game for the SEC, right? Um, and I just sat down and said, what's going on with this? You know, and and then I think I, I kind of had an epiphany on what's happening here. Uh, and there was something um, that I've kind of failed to factor into the equation, Daryl. So I'd like to elaborate on that a little bit. I think uh, when you deal with the SEC versus other uh, conferences, especially, uh, non-Power 5 opponents, um, first and foremost, Gerald, this is a big deal to those non-Power 5 schools, okay? And most of their players are not skipping the game because they're heading into the draft. With the SEC, you see a lot of that. A lot of players are sitting out, they're opting not to play, um, whatever, what have you. Um, and, and I think that that is, uh, is certainly something that, that's made, it, made an impact. Uh, you know, I mean, it almost has to to some degree. I mean, when, when you look at Auburn, too, uh, it kind of failed to consider the transfer portal. You know, they had uh, T.J. Finley playing quarterback for them uh, since Bo Nix is, uh, is transferred out of Auburn. Uh, so those are just some, some tidbits that I kind of uh, failed to take into the equation when I was talking up the SEC.
0: But if you're way better than that, shouldn't matter.
1: Yeah, well, and that's true. So, I mean, here, I want to get to this, too, because this is, you know, this is another thing uh, that we need to really discuss and talk about. Um, The SEC, by and large, is the best conference in college football. Agreed. But what we see here is, you know, um, Houston, for instance, was uh, second best team in the American. Auburn was nowhere near the second best team in the SEC. They might have not even been in the top eight. You know, so we're seeing this kind of a matchup. And, you know, I mean, Houston's able to able to clip a, a depleted Auburn team that's really, you know, not even probably in the top half of the SEC. Um, An Auburn think,
0: team that almost beat Alabama, though. That depleted Auburn team almost beat Alabama.
1: Well, they had Bo Nix.
0: I don't think he played that yeah. game.
1: I think he did. I don't
0: my no, Finley games. played.
1: Uh, well, I don't know, man. I mean, I just... Auburn's missing other players, of course. Um, you know, but I I think, by and large, what I'm trying to really get at here is, you know, Houston is kind of the top of their conference. Um, you know, now, the Texas Tech-Mississippi State game, that's kind of a head-scratcher. Um, <laughs> and
0: I mean, Missouri and Army? <laughs> We we all knew um, you know Missouri wasn't
1: very good. We all knew Florida wasn't very good, but the, the top of the SEC I think is still uh, significantly better than the rest of the Power Five, and and, and especially you know non Power Five opponents as well. Uh, you know, and I do think that's going to be showcased tomorrow when we see Alabama and Georgia, and when we see Arkansas on Saturday, uh, Kentucky on Saturday, and old Miss. <clears throat> You know, got a lot of teams playing on New Year's, Daryl, and on New Year's Eve, tells you something right there. SEC might be fixing to turn it around before it's all said and done.
0: I'm just saying they're going to be one and three against scoop up five teams. Possible. What answer? They're 0 and 4. We're not to, to Cincinnati, body bags, Alabama. Then what, Ben? That's never going to happen. So we don't need to worry about it. I mean, you were pretty sure that Auburn was going to beat Houston, though. Yeah, well, I'm much more sure about this. Okay, so Ben, remember when I was thinking about? Remember when you said that Missouri Army game wasn't for the fans? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, (laughs) That's the next thing you would say. Would you? I want to. I want to give you this. This is how crazed football people are about football in this country. The Missouri Army game got just guess how many millions of people watched the game.
1: I'm, not,
0: I'm going to say 5 million. 2.57 million. So let's round it up. 2.6 million. Watched that game. But
1: that's not that surprising, is it? I mean,
0: uh, no, crazy. no. This is the interesting part. The Warriors-Knicks game where Steph Curry broke the all-time three-point record got 2.35 million views. Missouri, more people watch Missouri and Army versus Steph Curry breaking the three-point record in Madison Square Garden. Well,
1: is much more
0: popular. I'm just saying when we say it's not a game for the fans, doesn't that mean football's just a game for the fans no matter what?
1: Well, Darryl, this is the only football game on on the 22nd.
0: (laughs) So we have to watch it, is what you're saying. Well,
1: I'm, I'm saying there's really no competition, right? Like, I mean... I know you're trying to throw the, wor- the Warriors and Steph Curry breaking the record in there and, and all that jazz. And For people like you and I that are, are you know, sports fans and fans of more than one sport, that matters. A lot of people aren't, though. A lot of people prefer football, and this is the only game on. So they're going to watch it regardless of who's playing.
0: Did you watch the Army-Missouri game? Not a chance. (laughs) So it wasn't a game for you, Ben?
1: It wasn't. No, sir.
0: (laughs) Oh, Ben. Ben. But sometimes I feel like you just speak for the fans.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm trying to, man. I mean, I don't think many fans were really caring about a subpar Missouri team and then an Army team that's not very good playing each other.
0: So... When you, uh, oh, let me get this up. So when UCF beat Florida twenty-nine to seventeen, this was tweeted out. And just tell me how disrespectful is this on a one to ten? Florida earns the rare distinction of losing to both two thousand seventeen national champions in the same season. Do you get it, Ben? Not really. No. Remember when? Alabama won in 2017, and then UCF kept saying they were the real champions because they were undefeated? Oh, well,
1: I mean, that's not right, so nobody cares.
0: The <laughs> bed's like, oh yeah, sadly, I remember. Alabama would have steamrolled Cincinnati. Or, not Cincinnati,
1: well, the girl would have steamrolled them tomorrow, and they would have steamrolled UCF that year.
0: you think so? I mean, they did beat an Auburn team that did beat Alabama, though.
1: I know so, you know, I don't know, I don't even think they would have beat Georgia.
0: They beat Auburn, though. And Auburn Auburn. beat Alabama, so by proxy, what does that mean?
1: UCF isn't going to win two games and win the national title, like, get real here.
0: I know you'd love to see it. (laughs) I don't think I would. So, before the playoff game, Alabama linebacker Willie Anderson Jr. says... I feel like we're the underdogs versus Cincinnati. What do you think when I tell you that, when he says that?
1: Well, I I think... mm, I'm not sure that underdog is the best way of saying it as much as I think maybe what he's trying to articulate is nobody wants to see us beat Cincinnati. But he would obviously be wrong because I'm out here and I'd love to see that.
0: You'd love to see the bloodbath, Ben, I know. Well, yeah, man. man I'm getting my food ready. I'm, I'm doing this tomorrow. So you're going to watch the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I plan on watching both of them, to be honest with
0: you. So, let's do this, Ben. The Heisman voting. Uh, I know you might be a little disappointed in some of the votes. I'm sure. So... Yeah. Obviously, Bryce Young got the most amount of first place votes by a wide margin. Uh, Matt Corral. Matt Corral got 10 first place Heisman votes. How crazy is that to you?
1: Well, I don't think it's out of this world crazy. Uh, Did he get the second most?
0: No, he uh, he got like the sixth. But that just means that there were 10 people with votes who voted him number one for Heisman. I don't think it's that insane because I don't think there's one quarterback that looked that much better than the rest of the quarterbacks this year. Even Bryce Young. So, so you th- So you think that's reasonable?
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable.
0: Okay. How about Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State? He got 18 first place votes. I don't think that's unreasonable. I mean, he's had a great season. So you're okay with that? By the way, you know. Um, Michigan State got it done tonight in the Peach Bowl, too, so um, congratulations to them. Desmond Rittered out of Cincinnati. Guess how many Heisman votes he got. I know you won't like this. This will make you a little upset. Four? He got five. Do you think that's inappropriate? Um.
1: Yeah, probably. didn't <laughs> play in the competition that some of these other quarterbacks had to play.
0: So when, I, so when I tell you that five people with votes casted their ballots and said Desmond Ritter, yep, that too should be Heisman. What, what do you think about it? How, how How do you go through that process? What do you think?
1: Like, how do I think they
0: arrived? At that? Yes. Well, I think there are some people out there that are fighting for the little guys.
1: Um, you know, and they want to see um, players from non-Power 5 conferences um, be in the consideration for the Heisman, whether they deserve to be or not. And I think they're, you know, they, they saw Desmond Ritter and they saw Cincinnati go undefeated and they're like, this is my time. I can, I
0: can vote and maybe some people won't think I'm completely unreasonable. Jordan Davis got nine votes out of Georgia. I think you're okay with that. I don't mind that. Yeah, that's fine. I do think what's interesting is, Kenny Pickett got more first place votes than CJ Shroud.
1: Uh, kind of weird.
0: Because CJ Shroud got 12 first place votes, Kenny Pickett got 28. So by wow. a decent margin, almost by half.
1: Yeah, that over half. Yeah. I believe, yeah. I'm surprised uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson didn't get any votes.
0: He didn't get a single vote. The only people who got votes were, first place votes were Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson, Kenny Pickett, CJ Shroud, Will Anderson. Will Anderson, by the way, out of Alabama, he got more votes than CJ Shroud as well. So did Michigan, so did Kenneth Walker, actually. (laughs) Kenneth Walker got more first place votes, too. Uh, Kenneth Walker got votes, Matt Corral, Desmond Ryder, uh, Jordan Davis, and Bryce Hall was on the ballot as well. But Bryce Hall didn't get a single first place vote, but he got a few second and third place votes on his ballot.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he's probably deserving of some as well. I mean, I think he's one of the best running backs in the country.
0: So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Ben are going to get into some predictions. Maybe we'll see if Ben thinks Cincinnati can go on a Cinderella run. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports, Talk. we still have Ben Karen with us. So Ben, it's time. It's that time. College football predictions. So let's do this. Let's start with the Saturday games. Uh, Penn State versus Arkansas. Outback.
1: Ball. I, want, I like Arkansas here, Daryl. Um, I like uh, Traylon Burke. Um, I was. I like what they've done this year. I'm a big Sam Pittman
0: fan. I think Arkansas wins. I think it's hard fought. But I think they win 32-28 to over Penn State. Uh, Iowa versus... Oh, actually, I'm going to get mine. Uh, Penn State. I'm going Penn State. And I'm going to say 24-20. to Tough ball control. I think they're going to kind of out-physical Arkansas Next, we have the Verbo Citrus Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky. Who you got, Ben?
1: Mm. I think here, Daryl, that I'm actually going to go with uh, with Iowa to win this. I think it's going to be very close, though. I'll go Iowa 27, Kentucky 26.
0: I'm going to go with Iowa, and I'm going to say they win 20 to Kentucky 17. Don't forget, Iowa at one point this year was ranked number two in the country. Next, we have the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. Bench two favorite colleges in the world. I'll go with
1: Notre Dame, Daryl.
0: Oh, you finally picked Notre Dame.
1: (laughs) I think I'll go with Notre Dame 31, Oklahoma State 27.
0: I'm going to go with Notre Dame, and I'm going to say they win 28 to Oklahoma State's 27. This should be a pretty good game. Is this a game for the fans, Ben? I think
1: it's a game for some fans, Daryl. Not this fan,
0: no. <laughs> not for you?
1: <laughs> I was disappointed that this was the game that was going to be down in
0: Glendale down the street from me. So you wouldn't go see this game? Not a chance. What I have to buy was if I got us tickets. Then would you go? really what would make you go i
1: mean if somebody paid me a a sum of money
0: like 300
1: yeah i think that'd be enough i'd probably go then
0: so next we have the rose bowl the jv tournament as ben likes to call it ohio state versus utah who you got
1: i'm going with utah daryl um i've We saw what Utah did to Oregon twice, and Oregon beat Ohio State. So, I like Utah here, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I'll say Utah 42, Ohio State 24.
0: I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm going to go Ohio State. I think Ohio State did not put their best foot forward when they faced Oregon. I think they got their butts whooped by Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game. I think they're mad. I think Ryan Day wants to send a message like, this is how we do things here at the Ohio State University in Columbus. So I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm going to say they win 35 to Utah's 28. Next we have the All-State Sugar Bowl, Ole Miss versus Baylor. Yeah, it's going
1: to be the best game of the day.
0: Is it will you be watching this game, Ben? I will. Yeah,
1: I'll be watching this one. This is probably going to be the one I watch on Saturday. I think I will go with
0: Old Miss, but I think it's going to be very tight. I'm going to say Old Miss uh, 36, Baylor 35. I'm going to go Old Miss 34 to Baylor's 30. Uh, I think that the Old Miss offense is just going to be a little bit too much for Baylor's defense. Now it's time for the semi finals. Let's start with this. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl, number four Cincinnati versus number one Alabama, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPN. Who do you have, Ben? I'm going to go with Alabama, Daryl. Shocker.
1: Um, I think this is going to be a game very similar to a few years back when Alabama played Michigan State in the semis and won 59-0. I'm going to go Alabama 53-0.
0: Cincinnati 10. Okay, you said 53 to 10. Can we make a bet that it's within 20 points? I don't know. What is is the uh, bet circulating around here? $500. Well, Ben, you're so confident. I just thought I might as well. Ben, are you thinking about it? <laughs> I'm not thinking about it, no. I'm <laughs> thinking
1: about how my wife would kill me if I made
0: that bet. Uh, okay, how about this? How about how about $20? That's within 20 points.
1: Nah, I don't think so, man. I'm not I'm not going to bet on it. But, um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I think Alabama 53. know I think they get embarrassed. I'm going to so do it. Well, Ben... I'm gonna raise you one. I'm gonna go Cincinnati. Forty one to Alabama's ten. We're gonna shock the world and we're going to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Ben. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. I'm being serious now. I just wanna get a reaction out of you. Uh Alabama, though I do think this is gonna be very tight. I'm gonna say Alabama thirty one. Cincinnati twenty four. Cincinnati plays their hearts out. Just the issue is the team speed, the power, the physicality, the strength, it's something that Cincinnati will have never seen. Ben, do you really laughed at me when I said Cincinnati was gonna blow out Alabama? Yeah, I thought you're
1: gonna lose all credibility as a podcaster. I thought the podcast is gonna be canceled from oh.
0: now on. Cancelled like how Stephen A. canceled Max Kellerman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was lovely. That, huh? Yes, well, he, he, well, you think he was disrespected, but that's a whole another story. Uh, next, we have the Capital One Orange Bowl, number three Georgia at number versus number two Michigan, seven thirty p.m. Eastern, also on ESPN. Who you got, Ben? This is going to be a game for the fans, right? It is going to be a game for the fans. This
1: is going to be a good game, Daryl.
0: It, I, I think, by the way, before you go, I think this is going to be similar to the Oklahoma-Georgia semifinal that we saw a few years ago.
1: It, it very well could be. Um, I have learned from experience not to pick against Georgia <laughs> from, from my experience in 2017, so I guess I'm going to pick Georgia to win. Um, but I think Hassan Haskins can be very dangerous running the ball. We saw that against Ohio State. Michigan has a realistic chance to win this game, but I just I like Georgia's defense a little bit more. I think they're going to kind of control the ball, um, control the game. I'll go Georgia here, twenty-three, Michigan twenty.
0: I'm going to go Michigan thirteen to Georgia's ten. This is going to be a classic old-school physical football game. This could be like, honestly, uh, the LSU-Alabama game, the game of the Century 1 versus 2 that happened almost a decade ago with LSU surviving in Death Valley. This could be like that. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points on the board. We're talking about two teams that want to run the football and play defense. This is going to be a... like These are two teams that play the exact same way. We're just going to see who does it better. Uh, So... If you like offense, this ain't the game for you. But if you love defense, you love the trenches, uh, this is definitely a game for you. Not a fantasy football game right here. So I'm going to go with Michigan to set up Harbaugh versus Saban, the matchup we've all been waiting for. Uh, So, Ben, do you got any plans for New Year's, by the way? I
1: do, Daryl. I will be playing a chess tournament at the Phoenix Chess Academy. Okay. Wonderful place to spend New Year's. I played the tournament before, a couple years ago, prior to COVID, uh, and I'll be out there with a mask, uh, playing again.
0: And I'm rooting for you, Ben. I hope you win. Are you, do you have seeds? Do they seed these things? Um,
1: well... Uh, we don't know everybody's gonna play in the section yet, but yeah, they'll seed it. But I won't know until Saturday.
0: Do you think you should get a high seed?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm just uh, I love I love the game of chess and I love competing, and
0: uh, I'm going for it, Dale You know, pedal to the metal, man. So you're trying I'm, to win. I'm, I'm trying to win, man. I mean, I'm trying
1: trying to get that first place. I got very close a couple years ago. I finished runner up.
0: Well, Ben, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Daryl. It's fun, as always. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to this episode. The 373rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.